0: Hi, welcome to the Rabbi Rabinowitz podcast, hosted by the Jacksonville Colel. This is part five of our primer for Rosh Hashanah. And today, we are going to discuss the mitzvah of blowing the shofar. Now everybody knows that we blow the shofar an Rosh Hashanah. Now, the reason why we have to blow the Shofar, on Rosh Hashanah, is because it says in the Torah that we have to blow the Shofar, on Rosh Hashanah. But here's where it gets tricky. How many times do we have to blow the Shofar, or how many times do those people listening have to hear the Shofar in order to fulfill the mitzvah? So, interestingly, the Torah says three times that on Rosh Hashanah you blow a broken sound. Now, I'm specifically not using the Hebrew word for that, as I'll explain later. But the Torah says three times on Rosh Hashanah that on Rosh Hashanah we blow a broken sound. It also mentions, in other places, the idea of blowing a straight sound. A straight sound is what we would call a takiyah. I feel a little bit um, babyish making the sounds. I imagine everybody knows what a takiyah is. But uh, just to find a is that straight sound when you blow the show it. Do- So... We, so whenever we blow the shofar, so the way that the Talmud explains this is that we're always going to have a sandwich. There's going to be a tequila a broken sound, and another tequila A tequila a broken sound, and another tequila There's always going to be a sandwich. The broken sound will be sandwiched, bookended on each side, by a tekiah, by that straight sound. Now, because the Torah mentions three times broken sound, so that means we have to have three broken sounds. Because it always has to be sandwiched by a tekiah, it comes out that we would need a total of nine sounds. Right? Because you always have a tequila, broken sound, tekiah, tekiah, broken sound, tekiah, tekiah, broken sound, tekiah. The problem is that even though the Torah uses this word broken sound, the tradition seems to have been lost. What is the broken sound? Is it what we call a shivarim? Right? Do, do, do. Or is it a teruah? Do, 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 Or is it a combination of the two called a shivarim teruah? Now, because of this lack of clarity, so what we do is, in order to fulfill the mitzvah on a biblical level, we don't know what the Torah wants from us when the Torah says, blow a broken sound, sandwiched by the straight sound. So therefore, we have to blow all three versions of the broken sound. That is why we blow a tekia, shvarim, tekia, tekia, shvarim, tekia, tekia, shvarim, tekia. That would be nine. Um, I did that out of order. Before that, you would have a Takiyah, Shvarim, Teruah, Takiyah. Takiyah, Shvarim, Teruah, Takiyah. Takiyah, Shvarim, Teruah, Takiyah. That gets you 12, plus the Takiyah, Shvarim, Takiyah is another 9. And then lastly, you would do Takiyah, Teruah, Takiyah, Takiyah, Teruah, Takiyah, Takiyah, Teruah, Takiyah, another 9, which gets you up to 30. Which means that even though it's true that according to the Torah, you would only need to have 9 blasts from the shofar, in order to fulfill the mitzvah, being that we don't have a good definition of what broken sound is, therefore, in order to make sure that we are definitely fulfilling the mitzvah properly, we need to blow 30 times in order to fulfill the mitzvah on a biblical level. Now, just to be a little bit confusing, the actual word that the Torah uses for broken sound is teruah. So I remember the first time that my father told me that. So I said, so what do you mean you don't know? I know what a teruah is. I learned about it in kindergarten. So the answer is, you're right. There's a word in our vernacular which we use for teruah. But nevertheless, that's not necessarily what the Torah meant when the Torah used the word teruah. Therefore, that is why we have to go and try all the different options. So the Torah mentions three times the word teruah in relation to Rosh Hashanah for the sound of the and we have to sandwich that with the tkid. But because we don't know what a Terua is, is a teruah what well, we actually do call a trua, or is it a shvarim, or is it a combination? A shvarim Trua? that is why we have to blow so many. Now, the actual way that we blow in Shul is that we blow a hundred. Now, it's not truly a requirement to hear a hundred. If somebody would be in Shul and they only heard thirty, they have one hundred percent fulfilled the mitzvah. There is a nice idea, though, that we want to hear 100 blasts from the shofar that we learn out from sources. So therefore, we do actually blow 100 in shofar one should try to hear all 100. But in order to get the mitzvah, you only have to hear 30. Let's say, for example, somebody didn't make it to shul, Or they made it to shul and their child did not cooperate. and They had to take their child out of shul in order to be able to hear the shofar. So then, afterwards, they want to be able to hear the shofar to fulfill the mitzvah. Very often, people come over to me and they ask me, to blow for them. Sometimes people knock on my door and they ask me to blow for them. So in that case, in order to fulfill the mitzvah, you blow 30 blasts. And again, it would be the takiyah shvarim takia times 3, takiyah trua, takiyah times 3, I, I did out of order again. And before the very first one, takiyah shvarim trua, takiyah times 3, although the order is not necessarily a problem if you did it out of order. That's just the way that we actually do blow. Now, in Shul, when we blow, so we start out by blowing 30 blasts from the shofar. So therefore, if somebody came on time, they heard the shofar being blown, and then they had to leave, or their child was uh, kvetchi, whatever the case may be, so they have 100% fulfilled the mitzvah. They heard their 30. Later on, during the repetition of Shemona Esrei, we blow 10, then another 10, then another 10. Now, you could get your 30 if you listen to that, or at the very end of davening, so we blow 40. So that 40, of course, consists the 30 that we need, plus another 10. So therefore, if you missed the beginning of davening, but you caught it at the end of davening, so once again, you got the 30 that you need. Now, because the entire blowing of the shofar really is one long mitzvah, so therefore, the bracha or brachos, that are made at the beginning of the shofar blowing, they don't just go on the blasts that are made right away, but it actually covers the shofar blowing for the entire davening. And therefore, it is considered to be inappropriate if one talks from the beginning of the mitzvah all the way until the end of the mitzvah, which is why it's very important to not talk and to be quiet. Now, if it actually happens that somebody heard the person making the bracha, and they said amen, and before he actually blew the shofar, you spoke, well then you totally disconnected yourself from the mitzvah. So then for sure, for sure you want to be quiet. If, though, you started hearing the shofar blessing let's say you heard all 30, and then uh, you started talking to someone, your child is uh, talking to you, and uh, you're motioning motioning but the kids not getting the hint the kid wants you to answer him and uh, you give it and you talk so that definitely uh, is not the end of the world but it is definitely better if someone does not talk from the beginning all the way until the all the way until the very end so that is what that is what one should try to do now, of course, if you heard your thirty, you're not planning on hearing anymore. So then, you have nothing to be quiet about. But if you're if you, if if you're in show, so then yeah, you definitely should try that. The bracha should go on all one hundred of the shofar blasts. The way that the shofar service actually happens is that the uh, Baal Tokeh, the one who's blowing the shofar, stands up there at the bima, and he says this uh, chapter from Tehillim, from Psalms, seven times, together with everyone else. And then, he he says these six, so these six verses that come from Tehillim, and uh, this is based on a teaching of the Arizal. The Arizal said to say this, Arizal was a Kabbalist who lived in Tzfat, about, uh, I'm going to guess 400, 450 years ago. And, uh, and the Arizal said to say these verses, and the uh, acronym that they spell out is Kira Satan, which means Hashem should rip up the Satan. And, uh, so, so, so this was the introduction. Then the Tokea, the one who's blowing the shofar, says the two brachos, and then he blows the chauffeur. Occasionally it happens that it's a, it's questionable. Whether or not the or the other sound that was blown, is halakhically valid. Certain things will invalidate it, like if it's not clear, or if it wasn't long enough. So then, sometimes the makri, the makri is the person that calls out, tekiah, shivarim. So, that's the glamorous part of the job. But he also has to go and decide whether the sound that was blown is kosher or is not kosher. That's why usually the rabbi is the one that has that job. The only time that the rabbi would not have that job is if the rabbi was the one who was blowing the chauffeur. So sometimes he motions, because again there's no talking, he motions to the blower that he should go and blow it again because it wasn't because it wasn't good. Technically, a chauffeur can be made from any from the horn of any kosher animal it has to come from a kosher animal but it could be from the it could be from the horn of any kosher animal as long as there are certain uh requirements uh like the antlers of a deer would not be would not be good enough uh, the talmud says that the horn of a cow is actually not doesn't fit into the terminology of what it is that we need, and therefore a cow would not be good. There's actually another reason why the Talmud says to not blow from the horn of a cow, and that is because when we blow shofar, so we want to uh, stir Hashem's feelings of mercy towards us. But whenever Hashem sees a cow, so then he can't help but remember, again, whatever that means that Hashem remembers or forgets, right? because Hashem doesn't remember or forget things, he's not human. But when Hashem, when Hashem sees the horn of a cow and hears the blast coming from the horn of a cow, so instead of stirring up mercy, so then it just reminds Hashem of the sin of the golden calf, or in the terminology of the Gemara, you should not take a prosecutor as your defender. So you don't want to be taking the horn of a cow, that's the second reason, Um, for your chauffeur. Now, there is an idea that we should try to specifically get the horn of a ram, and that is because we want a positive remembrance, that we want Hashem to remember the tremendous sacrifice that Avram was prepared to make, at the Akedas Yitzchak, at the binding of Isaac, when he took him all the way up to the mountain, and he was about to slaughter him, and then Hashem told him not to, and he found in the bushes the ram. So therefore, there is an idea to go specifically and try to get the horn of a ram, and use that for the shofar bowing. The really long shofars come from, I think the animal is called a kudu, which is not a ram, and it definitely looks a lot cooler to be standing up there and uh, apparently they're even a little bit easier to blow. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with using them, they're just not from a ram. So you're missing out on that extra uh, advantage of using a ram foreign to remind Hashem of the Akedah Yitzhak, of the binding of Isaac. The way that the shofar blowing is set up in the davening is that the shofar blowing introduces Mosav, it's right before Mosav, then we have the silent Shmona Asrei, and then we have the repetition. In the repetition, so like we mentioned in the other podcast, you have those three special sections that are added for Rosh Hashanah, Malchios, Zechronos, and Shofros, which discuss Hashem being the king, Hashem remembering everything, and the blowing of the shofar. And at the end of each one of those sections, we blow the shofar 10 times, a takiyah shvarim trua takiyah, takiyah shvarim takiyah, takiyah teruah takiyah. So, you start out by blowing 30, which is perfect if you want to be able to just get the mitzvah. Then, during the repetition, we blow 10, then another 10, then another 10, that gets us, that gets us up to 60. Then, at the very, very end of davening, so after the chazen finishes the entire repetition, he then goes and says, kaddish, in the middle of the kaddish, he stops and the chauffeur blower blows 40 more to finish it off. 40 more to finish it off. It's not appropriate to talk during Kaddish, so you might as well just wait for three more lines before you get in uh, whatever it is that you were dying to say after you've been quiet for the last two hours. But, uh, but, but then you are done. Then the chauffeur blowing has been completed. There are those that have a custom, uh, typically not those that have a ashkenaz, but those that have a or a Hasidic Shul, that they actually blow the shofar at the end of Malchios, Zechronos, and Shofros, those special sections of the Shmona Esrei, they actually blow it also during the silent Shmona Esrei. So you're probably thinking like, uh, well, how do they know where everyone's up to? So, of course, during the silent Shmona Esrei, everyone's diving silently, so you don't know where anyone else is up to, but when the Shofar blower or the rabbi reaches the end of the bracha, so then he just gives a little bang um, and then the shofar blower blows. At that point, because we're in the middle of Shmona Esrei, so you're not going to have anyone calling out to Shvarim, uh, because, because you're in the middle of Shmona Esrei. And then you, so then they do things a little bit differently. They blow 30 in the beginning of davening, Then they have 10, 10, 10, uh, 10 blasts at the end of each section of the silent Shmona Esrei. Another 10, 10, 10, 10 at the end of each section of the repetition. And then just 10 more at the very end in the middle of the Kaddish. Now, if someone has never seen this custom and they don't know to expect it and they find themselves in a shoal where they do this, it will really take them by surprise. Why in the world are they blowing, are they blowing shofar right now? So it's a good thing to know that there are different customs and there are places where they do blow the shofar even during the silent monastery. In fact, that's the way that, uh, that, that I grew up in those shoals, and, uh, well, th- different different places that I lived. I davened in different shoals, and uh, I remember when I was in uh, third grade and fourth grade, so they did they did not do it uh, during the silent Monastery. Then I moved to New York, and I was there for a number of years, uh, and they did do it during the silent Monastery. Then I went off to Israel, and they did not. So, So different years I've been different places. I believe that covers everything, at least all the basics, about the blowing of the chauffeur. Thank you so much for listening.